Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the post-episode issues, Game of Thrones, Season 4, Episode 9. What the heck was this episode called again? It was called uh, The Watchers of the Wall, but it was, I was going to say The Battle of the Wall, but... Yeah. But just because I feel like that's basically what this was. But welcome back to the post-episode issues. We're excited to talk about this episode of Game of Thrones. It was a different kind of episode of Game of Thrones. We're used to, especially this season and mainly throughout the entire series, jumping from a lot of stories around. This was one long, big story of the battle, or the preparation, the foreplay to the battle, and then leading into the complete battle. Yeah, it was entirely at, Ca- at Castle Black. Even the, even the info for the... Uh... For the episode, just was one sentence, and it was only about Castle Black, so we didn't see anything from anywhere else. Which no, nothing, nothing. And Jon Snow might know nothing, but he did kick some serious ass tonight. We got. To oh see- yeah, the, there was a lot of ass kicking tonight by some uh, unexpected places. You know, I, I do. Have, I'll start right out by saying if last week. And the last couple of episodes have been the rebirth and my my giving Sansa some love. I have to say, after tonight's episode, this was probably my favorite Sam episode. Sam really came alive in this episode in a way. Uh, showed his balls. Showed became a man. Showed what sh- showed his worth tonight. And it, this was supposed to have happened. This was something that should have happened back when they were at the fist of the first men. Right, but but in the books, right? Like this, he he's. I've been waiting for this a long time because he was one of my favorite characters in the books, and they kind of took away some really good moments from him, and they gave those back to him tonight, and that was pretty good. It, it they yeah. just moved it moved it further down in the storyline. As long as they end up in the right place, that's fine with me. How how we get there is minorly relevant, you know. Yeah, it was really great to see Sam doing something tonight and really being a part of the story and part of the battle and really a useful person. But everybody, this is your first time tuning into the post-episode issues. Please hit that subscribe button. Please comment away about what you thought about this episode. And if you're watching us live, comment in the, away in the comment section and we'll get to your questions at the end. We'll, talk, we'll take all the questions that are asked for us at the end of the episode unless it's like, how much do you stink in your smelly butt or something like that. We might not answer that. We can answer right now is is most likely a lot. It's a lot, amazing. probably. Yes. Look at us. We we eat a lot of cheese popcorn. We 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 smell. <laughs> so so uh, this week has been an interesting week. It I think everybody. It seems like it almost feels like it hasn't quite just been a week between from the last episode to now. It this it's been a huge. It seems like a lifetime has gone with everyone dealing with the uh, like the post traumatic. Game of Thrones disorder, PTGOT disorder. The last seven days took longer than the two-week break from the episode before that. It really did, and the fact that we got no conclusion of that, could you turn me down just a little bit? Uh, the fact that we got no conclusion of that, it, it makes it even more anticipation, and I think as much as I enjoyed this episode, it filled me with a little bit of frustration that I didn't, that I wanted, I wanted to get more of where we left off last week, but we're but but we can wait. We can wait. I did get a little bit of that feeling, especially at the beginning. I was like, oh, 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 I've been waiting for this. And and it wasn't anything I'd been waiting for. It was it was really fun and really good and extremely well done. But but I just well, you want you want to know what happens after Oberon gets his head smashed in yeah, like yeah. the rest of the world. 
Yeah, what the hell? I want to know what, what's Tyrion's reaction. I want to hear what re- Tyrion says right after that. Oh shit! I mean, what's going on? Right, they put the black, the stuff with the at the wall on the on the back burn on the black burner for so long <laughs> that you know you almost kind of forgot about it. Now that they gave us this whole episode, which I was a little bummed about the first fifteen minutes. I could have done without before yeah, the real action started, but. We'll get into it. It's and it's it's gonna be. This is gonna be a different kind of episode than we usually talk about, where we kind of take the episode point to point. This this one, it might be. A, I might yada yada stuff a little bit because it's gonna be difficult to talk about point to point and just not just say, oh, and then a guy took a sword and stabbed another guy, and then he stabbed the other person. Right, the there was a lot of sword play. There was a lot of good good action, and it all went very quickly. So there might be some things that are out of order, but ultimately. We'll get the whole picture told. So. Yeah, we'll we'll get it through. We'll get it through. So let's get going. We start off at a dark and snowy night by the wall with Sam and John standing <laughs> together, looking out into the night sky. Tell me what tell me what a girl feels like, John. Tell me tell me what her hair smells like, John. It almost reminded me of that part in uh in uh Cannibal the Musical when Squeak little bitch is like <laughs> I just want to know what it's like to get up inside there. What's it feel like, John? What's, what's... I, I wish I could remember his song. Uh, That's all I'm asking the... for. Well, I never would have had much to bear to women, yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie Cannibal the Musical, I highly it's recommend it. It's all we're asking for. It's all we're asking for. So, so they're talking about how uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam apparently has a foot fetish. <laughs> We're getting to the bottom of it. Sam has a big-time foot fetish because he all he doesn't care about anything on Egret. He just wants to know how big her feet were. So Sam likes the feet big. I think he was being a little bit sarcastic there. He was yeah. like, "Oh, she had you know whatever whatever eyes are. She had red hair." And he's like, "No shit. Tell tell me about her feet. Yeah, that's really what I'm asking you. <laughs> I don't really care about that stuff. I want to know what it feels like to be in a woman." Well, they're all gonna die, and uh, and John's the closest Sam's ever gonna get in there. And and John and John wanted to know, wait, you and you and Gilly didn't get hot and nasty? And nope, nope, she had a baby, but really, she never offered. Sam would have jumped on that in a second. Sam was all about that if if uh, if she had just given him permission. But considering she's one of Craster's girls, I don't think even if she wanted it, I don't think she understands the concept of giving permission. I think she just thinks every man in the world just te- just well, that's. I think that's the thing up in up north of the wall is you take what you, you just take it. It's yeah. a lot like the uh, Iron Islands, and and uh, they just did when they like Igret tells that all to John. You know nothing. She takes him just like he's supposed to take her. You know. I think it's interesting. Like too, interesting too. We find out that although the wall has a big problem with marrying and having kids the wall doesn't has a kind of you know, don't ask don't tell thing with the no, friends it's no wives and no children there ain't nothing about a little hanky panky a little knob bobbing or whatever you know are friends with benefits allowed or is that a little bit too personal that's personal like if it's a long term thing then that's a that's as good as a wife i guess right okay so increases the chances of fathering children anyway i guess we're dealing with a fine line here because I think the friends with benefits relationship should be allowed. I'm yeah. sorry, I can hear myself a little bit more. Can you turn me down just a little I think bit? More? It, I think it's 10,000 years ago. They have a different definition of wives and children and and uh, just hanky panky in Moletown. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's an old oath. 
So 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 Gammon, uh, so Gilly and Sam did not do it. Sam wants to know what it's like to get in there. John explains the intimacy of sex. Uh, two people become one. They they become one entity. Instead, you're not one person. You're one locomotion punching and doing it and doing doing it. With two backs, he explains to him. I'm not good with words. We're just a pile of people rolling around. Yeah, he's no poet. He's <laughs> not a poet. <laughs> All he got was an arrow in the chest, and uh, and and Sam thinks that he already took Gilly. <laughs> He can't lose anymore, and uh, John tells him to go to sleep, and he goes down the uh, the awesome elevator at the uh, Night's Watch, and John John is sitting there looking forward to what's to come. He knows he's gonna face it, gonna have to face off with his girlfriend before the end of all of this. Yeah, and it's funny too because they were ordered to sit up on the top of the wall until, you know, until. Uh, Basically, Manson is in his hundred thousand. Yeah, until the end, until Manson and his men showed up by Alistair Thorne. You know, like go sitting on the top of the wall and and jerk each other off over the side. <laughs> so talk about yeah, talk about sex. Talk about what what the vagina is like, the intimacy right. of the vagina. So after this, speaking of uh, intimacies of a vagina, we see the we see an owl. And uh, and it's one of, another wildling. I don't know if we've actually met him, but a wildling's who's doing the. Uh, no, uh, I don't think we have either. That's a he was a he looked like a fen. He looked like he was one of the uh, seers. Yeah, one and, of these um, brand types. And then we get basically a very very similar scene with Ygritte and Tomend and in uh, the the fens. That's that's a uh, basically or, almost. A mirror image of the scene we just got, where they're all giving Egret a, a tr- hard time about dealing with the same stuff that John's dealing with. The fact that that he, oh, well, are you gonna, well, are you gonna kill your lover, or what's gonna go on? And she has to put on a big tough guy's and be like, I'll kill anybody who tries to kill Jon Snow. I'm gonna kill. He's mine. I'm Romeo and Juliet, so to speak. A little uh, tryst there with enemies that are lovers. Two different sides of the coin. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I think the only important thing that came from here is uh, is the ginger ginger minge or something. He ginger wants minge. <laughs> yeah. You just want him to taste your ginger mint again, your sweet it's little all... ginger mint. Yeah, it's just all the ginger minge. It sounds like a kind of tea. <laughs> you know how <laughs> ginger minge tea. <laughs> yeah, it is one of the more pleasant. It was clever. She jumped right up for it too. Yeah, she liked it. She thought it was funny. And basically, this scene is just to show that she has as much to prove as John does in the up-and-coming battle, that she is on the side that she says she's on. Yep. So we go to the library. This is uh, These three scenes, I like them. They were good character study. Sort well, of did we see... Was it Was it at that point, too, did we see the shadow, the, the, the uh, gilly in the dark scuttering by, holding her baby? Uh, that was until that was a little later than this. We uh, we eventually at first we go to the library where we oh, see so uh, like two scenes of uh, of the ginger mint hassling her. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a longer scene, but I'm kind of yutty yutting that because ultimately all that comes out of that is her being like, I'm going to kill Jon Snow. You know, it's just, it's kind of like a it's like remember who the bad guys are. We get a little twisting of the mustache from the. Yeah, thing. I thought this was also when we saw her scurry by real quick before she got to the gate. Ah, okay, I I'm, I'm, I may have missed that. 
yeah, there was a shadowy figure. It was real quick. It was just like her taking like five or six steps up on the ridge with her baby, all in a cloak. You couldn't even see her. Just like she scurried by real quick. Her baby. <laughs> so we go to the library with Sam reading, and Meister Aman, is that how you pronounce his Amen. name? Amen. Amen. Meister Amen. Amen Targaryen. Yeah, Amen Targaryen. And Sam comes in, and he's... One of my uh, favorite characters, by the way. He's, that old man is awesome. Great yeah, actor. Yeah, and this is a great scene with him. Yep. He he knew Sam was in there because because he would be the only one that, before a battle, would be stupid enough to be in the library. And old, candles. Yeah, using candles in the library. And old age sucks because he's someone that obviously loved knowledge, and he's stuck inside a library. It's like that Twilight Zone episode yeah, with Bird. That's exactly what it reminded me of, too. Yeah. Bird, I think it's Bird. I think it's Mickey from Rocky in that Twilight it Zone is. episode, I believe. If it if it isn't, it should have been, but I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. And old age sucks. It makes you not be able to read when you're in the house of books. Uh, Sam is sitting there reading about wildlings, and he wants to know. He just wants to learn more about them. And this is when uh, he calls him out. Meister calls him out on here. He goes, "Listen, you know the problem with you and Jon Snow." is that you guys aren't really Night's Watch soldiers because you both let love. I told love, Jon Snow once, love is the death of duty. And you, Sam Tully, you, you're you in the same boat. You love her. He's like, no. that, wasn't, that wasn't his problem. It's that they're young and that they have love in their hearts still. They don't have the... the they, they don't have it to look back on at this at this moment like he does. So they don't have peace with love. They have torment with love because they have their youth that goes along with it. Mm, so I think I, I think he was also saying, ultimately, to just quote another Mickey, is women weaken legs. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, yeah. I well, said, he, I said, he had saying that he told Jon Snow, that he told him, I forget exactly what it was, but it was pretty close to that. Yeah. Love, is, love is the death of duty, is what he says. There you go. You and John make the same mistakes. You're here to read about the woman that you love. You want to learn about that. And he's like, you, you, you don't know me. I'm not that dumb. And he's like, he goes, I was in love once. And Sam's like, wait, wait, you were in love? Give him the whole old... I think this is a little uh, high, little sitcom TV. You were in love? Yes, Sam. I wasn't always the ugly shrill you saw. I was almost king. Of course, I had many oh, a poop. Do tell me, sir. Do tell me about the love. The women just came to woman me. before I die. When I was King Sam, all the women came to me, Sam Jones. They all loved me. They just sat on my lap and they and they kissed me like I was Richie Rich or or had silver spoons in my mouth. He was Richie Rich. He basically said that. He's like, Don't you forget, Sam, I was a Targaryen. I had dragons coming out of my ass. I was a poor girl that faces the horror that had to love an old man. And uh and he basically just he he asks he asks him to the same question he asked Jon Snow. Tell me about love. Tell me about love, Master Targaryen. And he just goes, you know what? She's realer to me than you are. I hold her inside me, and you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention her name in here. I'm not gonna say it out loud. What's the point? If I can feel bad. Right. Yeah. I I don't need anything. I can. She's more real than you are. That's all that matters. Yeah, this was, and again, as much as this was, as as much as this was fun, and this was good stuff leading up, good character moments. I feel like again the the hype level because of that post traumatic 
Game of Thrones disorder that we all had. This was a little bit of a slow start. This was another goose by the show creators to be kind of like, eh, here's a slow build-up. And they yeah, did this. I wanted to ease into it. I, I didn't like I wanted I wanted, like... To wake up to like two horns, like just the the start of the episode should have been two horn blasts, and let's do this. Now this episode was directed by, by the same director who directed uh, the Blackwater episode in in uh, back in season two. So so you can see how how they aren't necessarily completely the same. But I feel like all the lead up to the battle stuff in that episode was was more interesting than this was because you were dealing with different characters, you were dealing with watching Cersei deal with the potential of of a of a siege, watching uh, Tyrion's whole arc there. So it made it more interesting to lead to ease into the battle a little bit more. Here when it's a lot of Red Star Trek red shirt type guys, where you know a lot of guys are just going to be worms feed as they're coming through. I think it, I think it would have behooved them a little bit better if you just went bam into the action and then maybe in the middle of the episode done done scenes like this. But but I'm, I mean, who am I to complain? I, I enjoyed the hell out of the episode, but it it I I definitely wasn't as <laughs> this episode as I was uh, was last week or as I feel like I could have been in this battle. Well, we were we were all on the edge of our seats for for that one scene last week, you know that big fight. We had so many build up episodes to that with his trial and just in everything. I mean, we've had a lot of build up to this too, but but yeah, still, the, it was much fresher. I want to get into that one question that I had from uh, someone brought up before this episode started. Someone sent me an email that was an interesting question, uh, and. And I wish I had their name right here. It is uh, Black Boy Sheep was their name. And the question was something along the lines of, do, do I think that this episode, and, ha- and they sent this before the episode came, that they wished that this episode was last year because they felt like they had a lot more buildup with the wildlings leading into, at the end of last year, like once John came back. And at this point this season, that that storyline was a little bit of an afterthought, so it felt like this episode was almost out of nowhere. Like, oh, we need to take a break from what's really going on this season to go go here. And but we haven't we haven't heard from or seen Mance Raider since John left. Have him. Been, yeah, have we even seen Mance? Like, it would have yeah, been. He, he's the guy that is played by. Season. No, no, I mean, I know we've seen him, but we haven't seen him at all this season, right? No, not this season, no. No, I, I remember I've, I I remember Mansoreta, but but and it feels like we should have checked in with him more. We what checked in with the Fens and Egret once or twice with, with the whole thing with the little boy, but right. for the most part it was like a two second scene. And I think all those are really interesting things that were fleshed out ama- like really well last year and had a lot of great stuff with it. And I, I feel like we've just had to wait a little bit too long. So it feel so to, for me if and this is a minor complaint. It feels a little. I felt a little bit disconnected from where, from there to here, and and so I agree with you, Black Boy Sheep. I think that's a. I I kind of feel. I feel somewhat similar. That didn't. I, I would have enjoyed this more if this was, if they had done this pre-trial, a little bit closer to when that boy had been attacked. So maybe if they didn't send Gilly to Moletown, but instead pressed pressed this in that episode instead. That's an interesting point. That was going to be the next question I asked you, Joe. Do you feel like maybe they should have done a little episode order mashup and, may, and maybe they did it just to break up the monotony of doing the big thing at the second to last episode and have Oberon's thing last episode 
and have this this episode. Maybe they should have just switched the two and and had the had the complete truck, you know, c- kind of connected all those so we get the week to week connected storyline with the Tyrion Tyrion line. Could have even done, you know, because it was the whole trial episode with all the betrayal and and lies and Shay and everybody testifying. That I think maybe if we had had this episode right before Tyrion's uh, first day of trial. I think that would have been a great time for it. Like I said, get rid of the whole the whole Gilly going to Mole Town thing, and just and just have her stay at, at Castle Black and have the have this assault take place then, and then you can and then you can and then you can uh, forget about it for a little while. Have this trial, have uh, Oberon and everything this week. Now th- that's what I think they probably should have done, and, and 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 by all means, I still enjoyed the fuck out of what happened, and I am curious what everyone that checks out this video and is listening thinks as well about that. Did they like the way the season was spaced out leading into next week, uh, leading into the season finale? What are your thoughts of the coming on the season finale? And if you have any, uh, you actually want to leave a voicemail that we can play on next week's show, you can call at seven eight one nine nine zero eight five zero nine and leave a voicemail. We'll play next week about what just what your hype was and then what the expectations were. It'll be interesting. Or please comment away in the video. I'm curious about what you guys thought. Of and, and, and that being said, I want to just say, ultimately, whatever my opinion is, I am not a producer or creator or director or actor in one of the best TV shows of all time. Oh, yeah. And, so and, my my little where what scenes should go where in, in a yeah, season like, mean nothing. Yeah, me too, man. Who, who are we? Like, what it really comes <laughs> down to it. But, but I just, for the complete enjoyment, I feel like I feel like it's it's when you get see pure greatness, you start to be like, oh yeah, well, well, if this was here, this you start almost imagining that the next step of how the same material could have been just presented in a, in a at a more timely fashion. But it's so hard with a show like Game of Thrones because you have so many amazing storylines and so many great actors giving you so much. Because think about it, we're probably not going to see Theon for the rest of the year. That that little bit we had with the Theon and Reek stuff this season was so awesome. But we're not gonna see any. Really good. We're gonna not gonna see any more of that because there's probably not no nece, no necessito. There's no there's no it's not necessary. So we'll continue with this episode now. Oh, we uh, might we might get we might get a little bit more. I mean, we saw them heading off to what looked like Winterfell. I'm not like a burned down Winterfell. Yeah, maybe but, we'll get them for a second next week. But right. we'll, let's move on with the episode. Sam comes outside, and this is where he hears the girl talking through the fence, and it is Gilly, and she's alive. Pip, open the door. Sam, we can't open the door. We can't do... Uh, that was more Sam's voice, but we can't open the door, Sam. We, listen. And then Sam gets his big boy pants on, and he goes, listen, open the fucker door. I never heard you swear. He, he turns into Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf. He just like, give me... A fucking kid. I gotta say the the whole the whole uh you better get used to it Pip line delivered by Sam was kind of was kind of weak. <laughs> but whatever, he's trying. He's trying his best here. Yeah. So so uh, anyone that messes with Gilly messes with Sam now, and uh, and she has she no she doesn't need to worry. He's never gonna leave her alone again. They they embrace a little bit, give a little hug, huggy poo. Looks at the baby. The baby's safe. And then we hear the go- the horn. I'll never leave you again, Gilly. Then interrupting this beautiful romance between Sam and Gilly. Excuse me, we hear the I'm horn. I'm so sorry I left you in Moletown. <laughs> it was horrible. 
Never do that again, Sam. Never do it again. <laughs> so we had a shock. We hear the horn, and the third period has started, and the end of the hockey game is about to begin, and we have the battle. The owl that's been looking out uh, uh, flies away, and we're symbolized that the battle's about to start. Jon Snow goes to the hedge, the edge of the wall, looks over, and sure as shit, laugh, like two seasons ago, no, last season when we last heard from Mance, we see... <laughs> The huge goddamn fire that he said he was going to uh, leave—that the whole north, that the north could see—or what was the? Explosion? Yeah, a fire, a fire that will light up, that the a, a fire so large that the whole north will see it. And it's in like to—they're standing on top of the 700 high foot wall, and it's really great when they pan out over. You see this field that stretches out what easily is a quarter mile, maybe more, to this wood line, and then a uh, great distance after the wood line is this fire that stretches yeah looks like like a mile down the wall down through the forest um, so he's lighting the forest on fire that's you know part of the protection of the wall I guess but and, I don't know just clearing a build a bigger field and they, they hyped up for um, could you turn me down a little bit Joe they yeah. they hyped up uh, for a while about how much money they sunk into this episode and how big the scale would be. And I gotta say, they, they hit a home run with that. This episode looked amazing. The scale of this battle, when they did that pan shot from one side of the wall where you saw the giant fire and then they, they pan over to show you the other forces on the, uh, Ygritte's forces on the other side, it was an ama it showed the, the scope of the whole situation really perfectly. It, yeah, it they, really they start charging up from, uh, from the south towards the south gate, what was apparently the south gate they mentioned later in the episode, but you, they do, they show that whole group of uh, 20 to 50 warriors, whatever they are, Thens and Wildlings running up the trail. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Okay, this is when it's going to get a little bit difficult in the in the way of recapping what happened, because we're going to get a little bit into... Chaos. Yeah, chaos. Then this happened. Then this happened right here. Then this happened. And then someone stabbed this guy. And then this guy yelled, freedom, and charged the battlefield. <laughs> so we get to see the guys uh, securing the defenses, getting some Donkey Kong barrels to throw down on the guys climbing the wall. And uh, uh, Thorne is there, and he's looking scared now as he sees as he sees the 100,000 soldiers and he sees the fire. And Jon Snow walks up to him. And this is an interesting conversation. He's just like, you know, mm, mm, Joe, you, you, you can say it. I got us lost. You know, I, I should have listened to you, Joe. We should have taken that left. Should have listened to your directions. I'm sorry. I was an asshole. Oh, should have, would have, could have, but oh well. And and John doesn't rub it in. He goes, he goes. you know, you, you, it was a tough decision not to block off the gates. You, you did what you thought was right. And the guy's like, no, I didn't. I did it because I thought you were a little pissant. Now let's go beat the shit. Leadership is never is knowing that everyone is it, – it's true. It's when you talk about, like, American football or, uh, or something, there's an expression that the best job on the team is to be the backup quarterback. Uh, and it's the same thing in this situation and what Thorne's expressing to John here. He's saying, you know what, when you're the leader, everybody has an opinion on what you should do, but, and uh, everyone's going to think 
they know the right thing to do. But when you're the leader, you can't listen to any of them. You just need to listen to yourself and be, believe in what your own opinions are. So I hate you, you little shit, so let's kill all these fucking wildlings so I can go on hating you, and you can go on hating me and wishing that little wildling horse stabbed you, uh, shot the arrow in your head. This is when you go on second-guessing yourself, you, uh, you, everybody ends up dead. Yeah, and I... And I'm a little pissant... <laughs> All the little peasant twats with their opinions. Twats don't matter. You know what? Thorne, even though he is an asshole, he redeemed himself to a point for me in this episode. Oh, he, you know, it's interesting to say because you think he's just a little, you know, like as he put it, pissant twats himself. But ultimately, he's a pretty badass. Like he, I believe, puts Jon Snow on his ass at least once, maybe twice in the last few seasons. He may be a real arrogant prick, but... He's a badass with a sword. He is, no joke, a knight. A straight-up warrior knight. But that's Forget the, what he did to end up at the wall in the first place, and I know one of our commenters out there is going to tell us, but... But that's the thing, badass. Joe. He, re he really... He's a true soldier of the Night's Watch. He's not one of these, like, kids that, that are there. He is one of the last of the real... Night's Watchmen that are that are there that so can act. For so long he's got so much invested. It's there's nothing else for him. Once you are the night, you know, do with make the best of it as you can. So uh, Sam is hiding Gilly underground, and she's like, "You're leaving me again. What are you gonna do? What What are you gonna do? You're gonna go up there and fight the free folk? I saw what these people do. Sam, you're gonna get eaten. Look at you. You're a tasty treat for one of those fens. They're gonna kill you, and they're gonna eat you. You're they're gonna deep fry you. Get some spit. Put you in a spit and have a luau, Sam. Come on." And the, and here's where, speaking of another South Park thing, this is or. Matt Stone and Trey Parker thing, we get the Team America line where Sam grabs her and kisses her, and she goes, can you promise me you'll never, ever die? And he goes, I'll never, ever die. <laughs> or something, he says, don't worry, I'll well, he never. says, I, I, I won't die, yeah. The famous last words to N.E.J., R.R. Uh, Martin, George R.R. R. Martin uh, character, I, I'm not going to die. That's usually yeah. the, the... But I had a feeling, even go, just going into this... He, Sam has not gonna die all over him. He's just he's just one of those guys that's that somehow luckily stays alive. He knows how to come to everybody. Yeah, he he's got luck on his side. So he's got that innocent little pork belly. <laughs> so more preparing, getting arrows ready, and Sam's walking over to uh, to talk to the guy he is he's kinda like hooking him up with, uh, setting him up with and uh, and this guy's like, I've never shot anybody. I've never used a spear or an arrow before. I'm in trouble. Uh, if so, and uh, and Sam just Sam starts turning into a badass in the scene again, telling him that there's that there is a reason to be afraid. That's when I killed the when I killed the White Walker. I wasn't thinking. I just reacted and I stabbed him and I killed him. I did what I needed to do to save Gilly and save the baby. And that's what so we. I became nothing. I had nothing. There was nothing. I was just gonna die. So. When there was nothing, all I could do was just do, so... Yep. And he was all calm and cool, he was all, like, so suave, not a, not a, not a hair out of place, he was, like, he was looking over on his toes. What's wrong, Pip? Don't worry, we're going to be just fine. Do -do -do -do. I'm Sam, I'm happy, la la la, I'll be the racist dragon, woo-hoo-hoo-woo. <laughs> He's, like, singing, <laughs> singing uh, Flight of Concord songs, dancing around. He's just so happy. 
So so we go over to Ygritte on the other side of the fence there, and uh, and she's talking about how she'll be up and about over the wall before anyone knows the difference. They're on their way up. So this is the signal, and this is just them starting their their attack from the south side. And uh, then we get giants. This is when we we see motherfucking giants charging, riding mammoths. And I love Jon Snow's line later in the episode. Listen, sir, I don't know what you're thinking we're doing, but we've got fucking giants riding fucking mammoths here. The giants don't exist. They're just they're just uh, 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 stories for the children at nighttime. Yeah, for the for the anniversary of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two, uh, when the judge is under the table and he's like, I don't believe in ghosts, and there's two guys and he's like, Help me, help me! Why don't you just tell him you don't believe in ghosts? Why don't you go down there and talk to the uh, giants and be like, Why don't you, you tell the giant you don't believe in giants? Like they should have just thrown him off the wall. Yeah, like, at, at that, that moment. Like Alistair Thorne when he's telling John, you know, about all the little twats and all this shit. He like steps forward out onto the platform, and all I was thinking was, all John got to do is just give him a little push, and there he goes. <laughs> I think that's what Alistair was kind of thinking too. I think part of Alistair was hoping that John would just push him off the wall. They were just looking at each other like, what a dumbass! What are we doing? And uh, Thorn gives the orders to uh, to hold the men and 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 like get get ready to fight, get ready to fight. And all the guys are kind of fumbling along. You can tell everybody at the night's watch well, here. He tells them to to knock their arrows, but not to to draw back or anything. He just says, you know, knock your arrows. And, like, everybody starts scuffling around, and they they load up all these barrels, and then everybody knocks their arrows. And one of the barrels slips and falls off, and he gives this little, little, uh, stop being little twat speech, and we're all gonna die. <laughs> and and then we get a shot of Ygritte, and she's just kicking ass. She's killing everybody. Uh, oh, yeah, she's got the, the flaming bow going. Yeah, and, and she's just she's whooping ass. I I did like how they kept shifting perspectives on the fight and going back and forth from the uh, two locations. I found that I found that inter- entertaining. How uh, we were going from three locations from three locations. But what was interesting is usually from a battle we have one side that we're sort of connected to. It was very interesting to be in some ways rooting for different people on both sides. I thought that really set up the drama in the scene. Really well because I think most people are rooting for Ygritte there and thinking that thinking of her as in in a positive light and in some ways if you look at everything that the Wildlings have been through you can't help but say they've gotten a raw end raw end of the steel and they know they know what's coming they know the real danger from the north and that's why Mance is organizing this whole situation so it's so you can almost relate to their to their problem with uh, the people in the south. So it's it's a very interesting battle where there's no clear-cut good guys, except for Jon Snow, of course. He's a good guy. <laughs> so so he Thorne decides that he's going to charge down to the southern gate, and he leaves that squirmy guy. I don't even know his name, but he's the squirmy guy that was, like, yelling at Jon Snow, Jon Snow, I used to work at King's Landing as a... Oh, as that's a- Merrin Slint. Marin Slint. Well, you must not have been good at your job. That that guy, and uh, and they left, leave him in charge. And and this is one of those episodes too, where the guy that was in charge up at top of the wall, whether it was uh, whether it was uh, Thorn or whether it was this other guy, or eventually became Jon Snow or the other guy that Jon Snow left in charge when he left the wall. They're all they were like every time there was like a big 
crescendo of music because it was their turn to take over leadership of the of the area, and their big move was fire more arrows. It was well, like it was it was it was uh, Alistair Thorne says it, uh, knock your arrows, draw loose. And and he got when he went knock your arrows. There was that whole big fumble thing, and then he gave that speech. And so he said it again: knock your arrows, draw loose, and everybody did. Then Marin Slint comes up and says, "You know, they're crashing through the south gate. They're crashing through the south gate. We need people down there." And Alistair Thorne goes, Arr! and he heads down and puts Marin Trent in control. And Marin Trent steps forward and goes, "Knock." Knock your arrows, and he yells it too, just like uh, just like Alistair. But he wasn't there for it, which was kind of interesting. Or, or he might have been there for it, and somebody else came up and delivered the message. I don't remember. It'll be a point that I'll have to get on on rewatch. But and then again, when when he disappears and he runs away and goes and hides because they're all a bunch of robbers and thieves. And God damn it, I was a member of the King's Guard. I was the commander of the King's Guard. This isn't an army. This isn't a guard. This is a bunch of friggin' twats. And he runs away. Well, <laughs> goes and hides with Gilly. Yeah, and just hides. And she's even braver than he is because he's like hiding in the back. She's like at the door being like, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, well, she's got a baby to protect, and apparently a Marin Trent too, or yeah, two, two babies to protect. So the wildlings seem to be happy and die, and they're cheering as the bat- battle commences. And and this is again probably the best job that they've done on the show to show how someone like Sam and how uh, how they can really help the the people in the battle. Sam is doing it's, a great it's job. what you would have expected, what everybody at the Black would expect the behavior of Sam Tarley to be was personified by Marin Slint in this scene. He's the one hiding in the corner, but everybody would have thought it would be Samwell, Samwise, Samwise Charlie hiding in the corner. You know, but it wasn't. It was, you know, well, someone that many people consider to be second or third in command for the time that he's been there. Right, and but Sam's doing great. He uh, keeps loading arrows, and uh, the guy that's firing the shots, he's like, he's like, we're gonna die. And Sam, Sam pulls in a little wise ass yeah. shot. And he's like, if you keep missing, we're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't hit anybody, if you don't hit anybody with the goddamn crossbow bolts, we are absolutely gonna die, Pip. And then Thorn gets to the gate, and he gives the speech that, listen, guys, if these guys beat it, the Thens are out there. If the Thens get in there here, you know what they're going to do? They're going to eat us. Do you guys want to be in the Thens' belly? Let's kick some ass, kill these bastards. And, and he actually gives a really awesome speech. And then he charges out and goes all crazy Ramsey Snow, or excuse me, Ramsey Bolton, on, on the Wildling group and just starts killing people left and right and doing his whole, his whole thing. And uh, which he, was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. And uh, and then then we get the cross over to Tormund, and he gets some kills, and he's kicking some ass, and we look like we're about to have a collision course eventually between Thorn and this guy. Oh, of course we are. I mean, that's the whole. That's I mean, the whole thing. We this is the first time we see Alistair Thorn really just he he came alive, and I don't think we really expected that from it, from him at all. No, I didn't. I didn't. didn't to see he was. But of course we're going to get our Willow moment. We've all seen Willow. We know Val Kilmer has to fight the main bad guy in the middle of the battle and somehow find each other. So we he know also gives another great little speech here when he gets down and he jumps off. You know, uh, now on me, on me now, and then charges towards the the wildlings who have crashed through the gate at this point. Yeah. And, 
and uh, and the Giants riding the uh, riding the mammoths pull up some more, and now they're actually going to get into the action. And and I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to. We say Giants too. We say we say Giants, meaning they make the mountain look like Tyrion. Yeah, right. and. And and I don't wanna I don't wanna poo poo on Mance Raider's plan here, but wouldn't sending the giants in first be the best idea? You know, send- I think it's actually not the best idea. I mean, sending a couple in to get that gate up or down or off and how I mean, giants- absolutely is a necessity. But if you send them all in and you just end up with a pile of giants at the front door, <laughs> you know, then you got to clear those with your hundred. I hear what you're saying. Then you get the Jolly Green Giant and uh, and Andre coming back and all coming after you. You're in, you're in a dangerous situation. I get what you mean. unite to form Voltron. <laughs> they are the Brute Squad. <laughs> and uh, so so here's where we get our little wussy complaining again about the type of soldiers. They're, they're giants. And this is when Jon Snow yells at a bitch slaps. He goes, listen, man, there's fucking giants riding Fucking! I just love this line so much. I have to say it twice here. There are fucking giants. It reminded me of a Sam Jackson moment. He doesn't say fuck, but it's like there are snakes on this motherfucking plane. Yeah, right. <laughs> there were fucking giants riding goddamn motherfucking mammoths over there. You see that shit? And, no, and, giants don't exist. No, giants don't exist. Could you look down there, dumbass? Right no, there. He doesn't, he doesn't look. He doesn't even get anywhere close to the edge. He doesn't. He doesn't want to see. Someone needed to walk up to him and slap him right across the face right there. Just Throw give him, him off the wall. Throw him from the fucking wall. Bye. So, He's the one that was beating around Sansa Stark in the court, and Tyrion is the one that came and stopped him and smacked Joffrey. I don't know if that's when he smacked Joffrey, but, you know, so that's, just, the, that's the guy that he is. So Beat just, up a woman but run from the wildlings. <laughs> so just like... A girl, that, right, a girl. Child. A child. So just like Captain Kirk waiting to take over the Enterprise, Jon Snow is just kind of sitting in the wings like... And then it's just like, Jon Snow, get in there. And Jon starts leading the battle, and he yells the archer, archers to start working better. And uh, and and this is where they get he gets kind of creative. He has, uh, he has some of the archers hang over the edge and shoot some of the guys walking up the walls on sort yeah, of a... They're like tied to a winch, and they just kind of... Uh, it's tied to their back, so they just kind of lean straight over, stiffen their bodies so they can just shoot straight down the side of the wall to people climbing up. Really cool. Really cool effect and I, I liked the way they did that. And, and, then, then, and, and then you get the and then you get the ever the command we kept hearing from the top of the wall, knock your arrows. Yeah. You know. With Jon Snow doing doing it this time. And then we get a re- speaking of an arrow, we get one big arrow going through one of the guys on the top of the night's wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause the, the they see one of the guys uh, he tries to shoot his arrow up from the from the bottom of the wall. One of the wildlings. He like runs up to the bottom of the wall or close to it, and he knocks his arrow and he lets it loose. And it just it like pitifully it doesn't even reach it halfway up the wall before it comes down. And this giant, you know, 12, 15 foot tall giant stands next to him, then crouches down and pulls out his bow, which is more like a tree, a young sapling, and fires a, a young sapling bolt that just. When it hits the guy, he goes right through the roof of whatever it is that he's standing under and off the back of the wall and into the courtyard of Castle Black. Yeah, it was, a little, it was a little comical. You almost expect him to go past the moon like E.T. for a second there. <laughs> it, was, it was a little comical for like a half a second. Oh, like, 
<laughs> and again, one of the the wily coyote. Uh, <laughs> so we get this is where we get to see the leader of the Fens. Now, see, now you're talking strategy, and that's strategy. If you have giants that have bows like that, isn't that exactly what you want to do? You couldn't want they, to line up 20 or 30 of them shooting bolts constantly? Couldn't they just knock down the wall with that? If they just kept shooting those, eventually the wall would just it's crack. 300 out. feet thick and 700 feet high. They're fucking giants, dude. To them, that's like 30 feet, right? Uh, no. They're, They're not 15 feet tall. Still, I mean, oh, whatever. But we'll... we'll, we'll not not important. Not important speculation of uh, Mance's plan. Let's uh, let's give Mance a chance here, because he because he really does. Mance is thinking about this as a marathon, not a sprint, like John says at the end of the episode. He's got a hundred thousand men. He's got time. He's got more giants. Yeah, more mammoths. Yeah, more mammoths, and he doesn't have to deal with this asshole leader of the uh, Thens guy anymore. That gets what gets his due eventually. So the leader of the Thens guy comes out, and we see him killing a bunch of guys, being like a killing machine. And we spot the little boy from the village who sees him and kind of watches Yigrit being a killing machine as well. And he's kind of, and we see the little boy watching the whole situation. So more fights as we see our. He's not really watching the whole situation. He's cowering behind like a pole next to the elevator. But he's not scared enough that he's that he's gonna run. He's he's ready for he's ready for action. Cause I think he's too scared to run. He's not ready for action. He's petrified. He's steps up at the end of the episode though. So he obviously... does only because he get... we'll get to that. He steps up at the end we'll of the episode. We'll get to that. Obviously, he was ready for action. He, Sam talked him into it. Sam okay. well, <laughs> Sam gave him the pep talk, the same one he gave Pip. So you, what you're saying, and we'll get to this too, but what you're saying, and I'm going to hold this thought, you're saying Sam killed Egret. Sam yeah. killed who? Egret. It's Sam's fault. Egret's dead. Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Blame it on him instead of the little it's boy. It's Egret's fault. Egret's dead. Oh, okay. She, cause she grew, no, because she grew up on the wrong side of the wall? No, because she didn't kill Jon Snow. If she had just... She stood there and, like, got... You know, he flashed his... Hey, baby. He gave her a little a little <laughs> smile. Okay, we'll happy to see you. Are we'll you going to shoot me now, sweetheart? And she just stops and stands there and, like, huh? She we'll get this. Huh? So more, so more fights as we see our pussy hiding and going throughout the battle. And uh, he hides in the same room as Gilly. And, and as Joe was saying earlier, even Sam was out there fighting. And this guy has to be the biggest pussy in the world. And, uh... And uh, and uh, this, and then he gets uh, someone gets shot in the back of the neck by Egret as they're walking. That was, that was the the okay. get, that was Jon Snow's friend from the beginning, the kid that opened up the gate for Gilly, the one that was petrified that Sam had to give the little pep talk to that he was feeding the crossbows to with the like they were trading off crossbows. He was filling one and. Pip was firing one, and he was filling. And even though Sam is the biggest target in the world, Egret can't shoot him too. I mean, well, he, no, that's because he was hiding behind. Egret's he, he an assassin. She noticed that Pip was trying to do the same thing that she was, and she took Pip out when he pulled his head up. That got him right through the neck. That was the only part of Pip that was showing when she shot that bolt. That was a worthy shot. That was a good shot. No, she's an amazing shot. She yeah. is. So this is when the Giants start to get uh, get into action after Jon Snow does a little bit of Donkey Kong action and drops some barrels on some guys' heads as they're climbing up the wall. Oh, yeah, barrels filled with ice and rock that just explode when they get to the bottom. 
Wildfire? Were there wildfire in that? No, that was just it was just ice and like pebbles and and stuff in those first in that first barrage of barrels that ex- when they hit the ground, you're gonna realize they're they probably weigh a good I don't know hundred two hundred pounds somewhere in there, a couple hundred pounds, and they're falling seven hundred feet straight down to solid ice. When they hit the ground, they're gonna explode with the force of a bomb, and it's gonna be wood, stone, ice flying everywhere. Plus whatever debris gets kicked up off the ground at everybody. You know, so it's a very gi- effective weapon. So this is when the giant starts kicking a little bit more ass. When the giant starts beating the shit out of a wall and hooks a chain onto it and attaches it to the mammoth to try to take down one of the gates. And it, it may, one question I had to ask when I was watching this is why they weren't shooting arrows at the giant right there. I mean, I guess they say that it's not going to hurt the, but they probably should have shot through that. They answer that? that when they're in the tunnel. He's already got 15 arrows sticking out of him. We're not. What are we gonna do? Shoot the rope. Shoot the rope. That's a big rope too. Yeah, a couple oh, of. They got, it. they got it. They figured out what to do, right? They did, and uh, and in J- John Snow sends five men down there to hold the gate. He's Which at- is led by uh, Gren, his other. It was Pip and Gren, the two. Pip, Gren, and Sam were been his friends since he got to the wall. And Gren is the one that he sends. I says, Gren, take five men and go. And he just he calls out, you and you and you three up there. Let's go. And they head down in the elevator. Yep. And more from them in a bit. So more battle stuff as uh, as we get our be- our standoff between Tormund and and uh, Thorn. And it's a good fight. Both men get their licks in, but Thorn gets stabbed in sort of his gut area and falls, but survives and gets dragged back. In underneath gets dragged back in and survives and is treated. And uh, we see Sam saying, uh, "Being good, he picks up a weapon and he looks like he's gonna fight. He's gonna fire some arrows." Well, and he grabs, yeah, he grabs the uh, the crossbow, crossbow out of Pip's hands. And uh, then we see uh, we see Sam. Uh, the uh, the thin guy is charging that because he's thinking, "Yummy! Oh, I got some." Sam on a spit about to happen. <laughs> He's going to be nice and marbled. Oh, going to go get me some Sam Tarly. And Sam shoots him right in the head with the crossbow. Bam! Go go fucking Sam. Another great Sam shot. I mean, I thought this Sam stole this episode. As as cool as Jon Snow was in this episode and the Egret stuff was important, I feel like this was Sam's episode. This was a this was a big we got it was from his perspective for the most part it felt like. Right, a, a lot of the, a lot of this was told was a Sam chapter, absolutely, and it was it was great. I, I only wish we had had more of this Sam from from the beginning. Yeah, um, he had more he had more amazing stuff that he did that he was prepared for, as well as being very scared and you know that cowardly kind of uh, characteristic that we all have given him, or that George R. R. Martin gave to him, you know, and he kind of. He he runs with this throughout the whole series, not just. Uh, this we're sa- we're saving most questions for the end of the show, so keep asking them, guys, in the comments. But we do have to say thank you very much. We take the Weird Al and Jonathan Davis uh, comparisons really great. The, we might nickname the show the Weird Al and Jonathan Davis show. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Sorry, just had just had to say that quick. Didn't need to break up the action here. So, uh, but we will we will uh, get to all our comments at the end of the episode. 
So uh, Sam says we need more men down here. And uh, as as the guys are running down to go protect the gate, and they go, no, John told us we need to protect the gate. If you have anything to take up about this battle, you talk to John. He's in charge now. And uh, and this is where we get the scene you talked about where we're, we're I think it's funny that this cat with all the weird names that this character's name is Jimmy. The little boy's name is Jimmy. Listen, Jimmy. <laughs> Listen, Jimmy. We need you to. We need you to get through this, Jimmy. Get through this operation, Jimmy. You know, it's just like the little Jimmy, little Jimmy. Yeah, little Jimmy. The the atypical. It's like he could his name be Timmy. It would be even better. <laughs> little little Timmy. <laughs> Jimmy. So he gives him the uh, Sam gives him the Sam speech of the night. You got to fight. You can't give up. We've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Send me. Flip the switch so I can get to the top, boy. And he's yeah. just sitting there. He goes, Do it. Do yep. it now. And, and as, when we signal you, flip it so we can get back down. And you also heard it from Joe here. This is also when Sam signs Yigret's death warrant right here by charging up this little boy, making this little boy feel like he could do something special here. Yep, and then as right as he flicks the switch and he's starting to go up, he says, and get a weapon and fight them. Yeah. <laughs> and the boy looks down at his little bow that's, that's next to him on the ground. He should have said, kill Jon Snow's girlfriend because I love him. <laughs> <laughs> because I love him. Because he's mine. Mine. All the, to- all the talk about Jon Snow. They're such a cute couple, the two of them. And, <laughs> but we get the mammoth dragging the gate after this as they continue to go all Donkey Kong and the Giants by dropping barrels on their head. We get, uh, we get chasing and we get, we get a dead giant, which is not happy. Fee, five, foe. Well, this was this. These ones were uh, explode. These ones were actually uh, oil and and a and a fiery explosion because they were pulling on the gate. They were about to get the gate off, so they so they yeah. dropped these barrels filled with oil and fire. And when and those this, hit, it, there was a big explosion of fire this time. Yeah, but this was also the big dumbass moment of the night from where you excuse me, you see that you're dealing with inexperienced soldiers where they're poking the barrel that has whatever this material is, and they fuck it up. And, uh, Which is what Marin Slint was saying. These aren't, you guys aren't a trained, this isn't a trained fighting force. You're all a bunch of robbers, thieves, and raper, raper, murder and raper, murder and raper, thief. Is, uh, Janos Slint? Janice Slint. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank Janice. you. Thank you, Ren Renwood. Thank and, you, yeah. And uh, so yeah, they poke they poke it a little bit more, and uh, they poke it in the stick, and it blows up. And uh, the giant the giant gets pissed off too, because because one of their giant friends is dead, and and he charges the gate, and just starts punching the gate, and the gate won't stand much longer. And uh, and and they say light the fuckers up, and more firing of arrows as Jon Snow goes downstairs to to fight in the battle, and yeah, and, the, the mammoth on fire. Charging away from the gate was awesome. It was fantastic, and the giant charging after his poor mammoth that had been uh, burnt up. And before the show, I may me- mention to uh, this is where we get our uh, man with the iron mask moment, where we get the five guys down in the the small hallway where the giant <laughs> bash the gate, and they're all just like, you know, we'll we can make it if we believe. You know, I forget exactly. What you're- <laughs> And, and I'm glad, which I'm glad because because then we see the giant doing the slow motion run to the gate, like I'm gonna kill you, and all the guys just like yeah, just stick your swords out through the fence so he's gonna stab himself. And we also get this line in here that Joe was talking about. 
where he goes, we've shot this ar- this giant like 19 times with an arrow. What 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 are we going to do? You know, how are we going to stop this guy? Right, because one of the five that, that Gren brings down into the tunnel is having a very uh, weak moment as well, weak-spirited moment where he's about to freak out and take off and run out of the tunnel all scared and shit and go hide with jo- jo- Janice uh, Slint and Gilly and son in the supply closet. <laughs> you know, and Gren talks him out of it by... By doing exactly what he did to talk Jon Snow to come back when him, Pip, and Sam went out to go get him when he was trying to get back to his family. They start the chant of the, uh, the you know, we take our watch and we don't take women and all the, the oath to the black or whatever it oh, is. Oh, yeah, and then they start giving, yeah, I forgot, they, they repeat the oath as they're about to die. As they're right. gonna, uh, green, feel Green Lantern, Green Lantern's life. <laughs> As as they're standing there, and <laughs> and uh, it was it was it was a funny it was a funny, was a funny moment, <laughs> and uh, and they they managed to uh, they managed to, to kill the giant, but we see that see that later, but but they didn't survive. Of course, they die. I think I think maybe one or one of them survived. Maybe I we think were... it was the coward that ended up surviving, or so, not the coward, but the. The weak moments. And say what you want about the whole Blackwater fight, at least in the the wussy room, the one that uh, Gilly and in in uh, our little other pussy there is hanging out in that room. At least in the with Cersei and Sansa, they had wine. They were they were getting drunk, <laughs> playing like drinking games. Like tell me about your life, and you had like Shay in there too. There was like so much awkward stuff going in that room. <laughs> There's a party ready and, to happen. And, uh, and Cersei's getting ready to poison everybody. Yeah, so they don't get raped and murdered. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I'm just don't worry. I'm gonna kill all of you before we leave this room. Uh, so, so we get a uh, John saying, uh, we get a John and Sam love moment here, where they're basically where John's like, Sam, you can't go out there and fight. He it's like he hasn't had a chance to for Sam to tell him how much he's kicked ass tonight. He's like, Sam, you can't go out and and fight in here. And Sam's like, No, you can't always protect me. But but Sam does stay back as John. It's John's chance, and and again, this this episode had a couple of a uh, couple of repeating tropes that happened a couple of times. One of them was each time one of the warriors showed up, when the, our main warrior showed up, we had to have a close up moment of them for five for like two or three minutes kicking kicking complete ass. Yeah, oh no, and this was great because right after he does when he 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 tells Sam, he hands Sam a key. He says, you know, I go get Ghost. I need him more than I need you right now. Yeah. So uh and then he jumps off the elevator and then goes like ninja mode and just starts going ki- crazy snow and killing people. <laughs> right then, right after he kills like five people, he ends up at the front of that platform at the front of the stairway, he puts one hand on the banister and looks out over the battlefield and takes a and takes a deep breath. <gasps> and then <laughs> runs down the stairs to go after do some more killing. Little <laughs> little strike a pose. <sighs> We'll get to that in a second because he has another strike oppose a little bit in a little bit too, and uh, we get we get a good pan of the battle and to show the scope as we see Egret do her thing and we also see Toman somewhere uh, somewhere in the group like kicking some ass as well, and we and this is where we get Sam going in breaking Ghost out and we're like Ghost we need you and immediately Ghost starts just eating people. Oh it's yeah. Great. It's like Ghost lives for this. Ghost lives for this kind of thing. He's like, my, all, all his fur was up on a tackle. It was fantastic. Yeah. He's like, 
<laughs> He's like, my brother got to k- kill many people as uh, uh, hanging out with uh, Rob Stark. And this is my first opportunity to really go like completely crazy and kill kill a lot of people. So, uh, so we also see uh, we see some of the wildlings that go at Snow as Jon Snow starts kicking ass and doing his Stark thing, and uh, Ygritte's kind of creeping up as watching Jon get into this big, long out drawn out fight with one of the uh it looked like one of the fens and like just a really big big battle and eventually john comes uh, uh, basically conquers this guy defeats this guy it's a tough battle I think this was the leader of the fens no yeah. the leader of the fens guy got shot in the head by sam i'm pretty okay. sure that maybe this was I, maybe it was maybe it was the uh the one with the with the owl yeah, I think that's what the, I think you're right. I think it was that guy. That would make sense being the the warg gets it because John might also be wargy. Right. Of the ghost thing. <laughs> Stark family thing. Grand Stark family thing. Right, you know. So so he takes uh like he spits in the guy's face, takes his ha- takes a hammer and stat and hits the guy with a hammer in the head. Bad that ass. looked so fantastic. It, you could see the ball peen like the depth in the crushed skull, it really looked great. It was... They do a good they job do a, the crushed heads. <laughs> they do. No, they talked... I was reading an interview with uh, the two show creators where they were talking about b- making this episode on this such a large scale and how HBO gave them so much money, but you still have to deal with the fact that it's a television series. You only get so many takes, unlike a movie. And I think compared to, like, what you see in some of the big movies and there's a lot of battles happening in a lot of movies... I, I think for the for what they had uh, budget wise and time wise to shoot this, this was so excellently done. The action, for my eyes, at least on first watch, I didn't see any moments that seemed like they were repeated or in a loop. It seemed like everything, everything they did a great job of shooting it in a way that they panned it around a lot. So you again, like I said this a couple of times, but showed you the real scope of the battle. I agree. I and this agree. is the and biggest I've felt the wall was too. This is the first time I've really felt the wall as a character, as yes. is being there. And I feel like until then it's been kind of like when you do the killing off scene off off camera, where you're like, oh, come to this room, my R two guys, like the heroes thing, where Peter and Siler's biggest fight on heroes happens off screen because they didn't want to pay for it. And it seems like in some ways that was done with the wall leading up to this, where it was never done at this scale before. And I just really felt the scale of the wall in this episode, and I thought that was awesome. Absolutely. And you see a lot of people making comments about, you know, in comparison to Lord of the Rings and the battle scenes in those those films. And the budgets are completely different, and you have... um, You had three two-and-a-half-hour movies where you could just have 45 minutes worth of fighting and all this money and time put into it that... Realistically, one of those movies is, you know, what like maybe all th- the first three seasons budget of yeah of, of like one, and this is just one episode. They had to pay for this, uh, and and, uh, and Oberon's head popping. Yeah, and Oberon's head popping, and that whole scene of everything that happened last week had to be is in the same season as. That's why this to me is, and I know a lot of like I love season one. Season one's prop hard to beat as my favorite season, but this. 
and I, I'll talk about this later because it's because I'm this comes damn close to being this damn close. To season one. Yeah, this this is definitely my favorite, my second favorite season next to one. And I have to look at it after the season and after I've had time to because I'm very much a victim of the moment. I'm one of those. It's the best thing in the world right now, and then I'll have time to think about it. But but really, with everything that's happened this season, and we're still we still have a season finale to go, and I I'm just this to me this is just the the best season since the first one. Uh, so which the this uh, best sword fight I think was right here was this was John fighting this then yeah was unbelievable the uh, the parry and the attack the he he the way he came at him I just thought was fantastic watching John John fight with his sword. And John did kick his ass, but it seems like the end of this season's been a little bit of the watch Jon Snow get his ass kicked, and then he's get like the rigs from uh, Lethal Weapon style of fighting, where he just gets his ass kicked and then can snap the guy's neck in the last moment. So after he kills this guy with the hammer, he comes around a corner and get over here. And who's sitting there, right with an arrow in his face, but Egret and and it's a difficult moment where they both stop, they look at each other in his eye, in their their well, eyes. Miles, he's happy to see her. <gasps> yep, he has a he has a great moment, and, and and right as they're about, he's about to say something. They're both about to say something. She gets shot by the little boy with the arrow that gives John the little thumbs up, like, "Look no, what I just did." Definitely off book. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't want to say definitely. I want to say I'm pretty sure. On book is John actually takes her out, shoots him, her uh, shoots her himself. Which just only goes to prove even further that he was loyal to the the black, you know. Right now, from the start. now Jon Snow walks up to her. We're gonna be safe. We're gonna you're gonna be okay. And we get a you know nothing Jon Snow in there. And she says, "Remember that cave that we were in? Remember that? We were there. We we should have stayed there. We never should have left." Oh, we'll go. Back. I'll take you back there, baby. I'll take you home, Kathleen. You know nothing. You know nothing, Joe Dirty Locks. You know nothing. <laughs> the, so, so this is where we get like I think the coolest thing that the Night's Watch does all night when they do that pendulum axe thingy and to chop off the guys in the wall. It's like this. It's this weird sort oh, of fantastic. That was awesome. That was one of that was my favorite moment. And this was all like I know a lot of this was done with CG, but it had a very like I love the way this episode looked. It looked so amazing, and this part looked so real with that slashing people off. I I, just, I loved it's not it. just people, but uh, big chunks of the wall went with it, which of course are going to knock people off. And it was awesome because it, it, you hear John mention it right before he gets he goes down the elevator with Sam uh, to fight out out at the south entrance at the south gate in the courtyard and everything, he says, you know, if if the climbers get too high, let the, the Sith, the Scythe go. The Sith Lord go. Right. <laughs> and, and I was kind of like, huh. I thought, he, and like, I was like, oh, he just said side, like side, face of the face of the wall. Like, maybe they're just going to have a little, because that was a big thing when John climbed it was a big chunk of the wall fell off. So maybe they... By design, chunks can fall off too, is what I thought. But I did not expect the big metal friggin' yeah. That was that was, that was incredible, and I kind of skipped over something I wanted to say though. The Yeager uh, dying, I, I as as crazy as this sounds, like even though it wasn't, I wasn't completely connected to this from last year. I, I shed a tear. I got a little teary eyed at that point when she was doing the I know nothing junction. I thought that was a really great scene that both actors played 
Awesome. John was heartbroken. He yep. went right over. He the the battle was beyond his comprehension at that moment. There was nothing else in the world. There was no fighting. There was no clanking of swords. There was only the the only woman he loved dying in his arms. The only person that he loved since he left home. You could see loving him die inside, and you could see that happen with the uh, Kit Harrington. That's his name, I believe. Uh, he he really he really showed the emotion perfect, and and really like I felt for it. I felt I felt that emotion, and I got teary eyed. I'm not afraid to say it. And uh, a little bit. And after, Oh, and, and so and they cut off part of the wall as we were saying, which I thought was really awesome. Just that that whole scene leading into that was was probably the best action of the night. I thought. So all the guys, all the uh, the crows that are remaining surround uh, Tormund, and and he's like, I'm not going to surrender. This is how a real man ends. And they kind of shoot him and they kick him, and John just goes in there and and goes put him in chains. And uh, the guy goes, I should have thrown you off the top of the wall. And John yeah, should have. Yeah, and John says it like because as we were saying, John's completely emotionally dead at this point. He just like says, "Yep, yeah, you should." <laughs> it's just in how he says it. It's so like it's so cold that it's like it, you know John's changed forever now. It's very he, pragmatic. It was a pragmatic answer. Yeah, you should have. If 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 you had, I wouldn't be ordering them to put you in chains right now. You're absolutely right. Exactly. And uh, Sam comes in and gets Gilly, and, and she says, uh, they're okay, I'm glad you didn't die. And we see the little coward in the corner, Kurt going, oh, is the fight over yet, guys? Is the fight over? And uh, John For says... Jon Snow doesn't know. There's a whole hell of a lot he does know. He does know, yeah. And, and, he, and he's starting to show it here. Uh, Sam, he says to Sam, we held them off for now. Sam said, and... and or Sam says to him that we held him off, and John says, yeah, for one night, it's a good victory. And he's like, no, it's not a good victory. Mance was testing us. He got the info. He's got more giants on fucking mammoths. We can't stop. We can stop them, what, for a few days? But eventually, we're going to lose. They got 100,000 goddamn men. He goes, I'm going to go to Mance, and I'm going to get him. And he's like, go get him? What do you mean, kill him? He goes, yep, I'm going to try to kill him. And they go, if they capture you, you're going to be flayed. They're going to eat you, they're going to serve you to the to your dog, you know, to your to your dire wolf, they're, they're whatever. What's your, what, is, this is a stupid plan. And again, John, just not fucking around anymore, goes, you know what, maybe, no, maybe it is a stupid plan. Maybe it's a stupid plan, but Sam, yeah, but he's like, Sam, you got any better one? Yeah, no, no, do you, have, do you even have a plan? Never mind a better plan. Do you have a plan at all to begin with? And no? he's like, no. No, no, that, I don't think so. Yeah, it was one of those things. That, yeah, one of those like, yeah, I, I don't see who you're talking, motherfucker. Do you, do you have a better? Do you have, yeah, what, what do you think, bitch? And and slap. yeah, slap. Yeah, yes. And uh, no one's giving orders right now. John's like, no one's in charge right now. I'm gonna do what the hell I want. And right, yeah, there's there's you know, Alistair Thorne when he was fighting Tormund, they had a nice uh, a nice fight during the whole chaos that we kind of just glanced over. And he and Tormund go at it like a setup, like we talked about that they were kind of setting it up for. And they go at it and they parry down this hall, and they go back and forth. And he and you know the whole time we're seeing this guy Tormund, he's tearing people up two at a time, three at a time. Alistair Thorne really fights really well with him, but ends up uh, throwing himself off the balcony rather than getting getting uh, stabbed or run through. And the fall, even though it appears like it's on like a pile of hay 
it's a it's a far enough downfall. And he's an old guy, and he just fought fought like a whole shitload of people, killed a whole shitload of people. Probably got stabbed maybe once or twice, even though we didn't see it. Who knows? Yeah, he's uh, he's, so, he's not he's coming back as a walker. He's, <laughs> if he, they they mention he's fallen, but we don't know if he's dead or not. We kind of see him yelling to the crowd like. Blah blah, do something, but we don't know his condition at the moment. He's fallen, but we don't know if he can't get up. <laughs> get up, yeah, right. I've fallen, but I can't get up. So, so <laughs> the guys thought of life alert right then and there, Westeros. So the guys held the gate, but the giant killed them. But they all, and most of them died, or at least it looks like they all died. And John makes sure he says, "Burn all the bodies." I have a question: If the giant dies, could the giant be come back as a uh, giant? Oh, that sucked. Giant Walker or could zombie? Yeah, could it happen? I'm just curious. So we get uh we get Sam and John here at the end. He he says to let him outside in the gate so he can go over to Mance. He gives he gives Sam his sword just in case he doesn't make it. Cause... I promised Mormont that I wouldn't lose it again. So just in case. And he gives him the sword, and uh and Sam says just he goes, I know you said maybe you'll come back, but please come back. <laughs> and uh and John marches. Don't, don't leave John... me. And John, John. <laughs> <laughs> and John marches off to go to go get uh, to go uh, try to get Mance, and that's the end of our episode. It it so I I guess we're probably going to get some wall stuff uh, next week as well, and I assume we? maybe none. What if we got no wall stuff? What if that's that's the end of the wall story for the season? Nothing else, just John walking off beyond the wall, and that's the end of the wall for this season. Mm, it would be interesting. Okay, okay, let's get let's get to our comments during the show. Uh, first of all, we got one from Ren Renwood. What John needed to pass on to Sam was the thing he does with his tongue. Yes, he needs to teach John that he knows something. Teach him where the clitoris is. <laughs> what to do with a sw- silly twat? Do you think uh, Ygritte would have killed Jon Snow if she hadn't been shot by the arrow? Uh, no, because that's not how things go in the book either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just John kills her, I, I believe, in the book. And, and that was from uh, Mick, Mick Wendy's. And also Mick Wendy's wants to know if it's just her or if my camera is slowly moving side to side. I think it might be because uh, just a little clue into how my studio works. Uh, I put my camera on a window window shade, and I think the wind's blowing a little bit. Yeah. So I think it's I think it is blowing my camera slightly a little bit. I'm sorry if I'm making anyone giving anyone motion sickness. I highly apologize. He's actually uh, on a 30 foot yacht right now. Yeah. And, uh, we we have we have the, it's the motion of the ocean going on. We have the top of the line studio here. Uh, Ray Ray B says the most badass episode of Game of Thrones. Jon Snow rules. I can see how someone might think this might. Love this episode as their favorite episode. Best fight, yeah. best fight, best fight. I thought it beat the Blackwater as far as action. Oh there yeah, was good things. There was good fire. That fire, fire, green fire crap. Um, and and the stuff on the on the Blackwater was good, but this was much better. I thought. Uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, we said this comment earlier, but I just need to mention your name because you have an amazing name, Roach Clit. <laughs> <laughs> says. <laughs> I don't know whether to feel good or bad about that. <laughs> I love it. That's what. That's what. I love that name. Roach that Clit. inspires so many yeah, emotions in my brain. Dude, that's the best name ever. Um, he's the one that says we're. It's like he's watching the Weird Al and Jonathan. He or she? Is there a picture? 
Uh, it's not a pic. It's a it's a picture of a roach clit. So no, I don't know. It's a. <laughs> Um, Ren Renwood says Cersei had the great line during the Blackwater battle that Stannis being Stan uh, that Stannis being Stannis that she would have better luck seducing his horse. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh come on, I can't seduce my my charms work nothing on Stannis. I have a better chance with his horse. <laughs> Adrian Milan says the uh, the sky the sky at someone who climbs on ice that was so freaking terrible. Uh, terrifying, yeah, that was that was ridiculously terrifying, and and that thing flying that that was to me the most amazing part of the part of the episode, and just watching how that thing sliced people down. See the hands hanging from the from their little uh, hooks that are still dug into parts, but the, the bodies just got completely decimated off the wall. It was really nice. Okay, Joe, you were right. John did fight the Mangar of uh, of them. It was the warg that Sam killed. Okay, fair enough. They were bald. They're all bald. They kind of look alike. It was yeah, and they're all badasses, and they're all gonna eat you if they kill you. So. Yeah. Uh, Will Free says, first of all, I dig the show. Thank you. I agree to extent of what you're saying about this episode. It should have been last year, but I think that they put it this season, the overall feel of the season, rather than the fluidity of the storylines. I agree. They needed to ratchet up the madness after Oberon for the fi- finale. But on the other hand, I saw this with my friend, and she has no idea who Mance was, so I can understand where you're coming from, and no lie. Ygritte was the saddest death for me since Ned. Happy couples just aren't allowed on Game of Thrones. Laugh, surprise. It's that's absolutely true, and I and I I agree with your friend. I was also watching with somebody that was like, I don't remember who's Mance. I don't remember Mance. So I can I can understand where this episode's a little disconnected in the sense that I feel like we should have had just maybe a little bit more wildling stuff on the episodes on on the, the season leading up. But there's so much to do this season leading up. I mean, maybe you could have taken away a couple of the Danny scenes. Oh, sorry. Well, they, did, they did so much because of the way that book three was written being so big as it was, they told a lot of the story last season. And a lot of this season has been unwritten off-book material to fill in for some of the huge parts they left out of last season because there was just too much to fit into the ten episodes. Yeah. So a lot of this Arya and Hound shit is new. A lot of this... um, A lot of this Jamie stuff was kind of new she wasn't supposed to be there yet. There There was just a lot of stuff... A lot of off-book stuff that even this little boy that they that they wrote in that ends up killing Egret off-book that I agree with moving it to this season. It just should have been earlier in this season. I think mm-hmm. it should have been. It, it would have made the beginning half of the season drag a little bit less. Um, I feel like now it's been two episodes. We haven't seen any Brienne and Podrick. We could have now caught up a little bit with them by moving this earlier too, and dragging their storyline throughout the season a little bit more. Also, instead, we know next week is just going to be a clusterfuck episode with so much stuff going on that we have to catch up with. So maybe, uh, maybe what if they don't? What if they just focus on one small part of of it and and cliffhang? It's a whole. But what's what if what if it's a whole Brienne and uh, Podrick episode? If we get all like a whole Brienne episode and. <laughs> That would be awful. People would, would riot. So uh, Dave, David Corso says, I'm still torn up about this episode. So epic, yet they rip your heart out with this shit. Yeah, they do. They can't help but rip your heart out with some shit. I, I mean, are we, uh, I'm not sure I'm really that sad. About, I mean, I was sad yeah, about sure. I was, I was really sad about Egret because of what one of, uh, the, one of the people just said. I feel like 
I feel like their love was kind of true, and you don't see a lot of like legitimate love affairs in this episode. Uh, in the sense, I wasn't. I feel like, and I've always felt like this, even when I read it, that his, the love that he had for an egret was forced. He didn't want to kill her. Sure, he didn't want to be a spy. He didn't like. He tried to fight her off, kind of, with the whole her trying to, you know, get him into his pants. But, you know, he's a young guy, and his his penis gets hard and all that stuff. So he gave in. I don't really think he necessarily loved her as deeply as everybody I, wants him I to. Think, and I, I don't mean to reuse it. I think you know nothing, Joe Grant. I think he really did love her. I think there was some love. I think she did get a little stalker girlfriend-ish at times. Like, now nah, you're mine. Right off, the, right off the bat, she was like, oh, he didn't kill me. He's mine now. Like, she claimed him as much as any, like, caveman would have claimed a woman. Like, you, you're mine now, and that's it. And, and you know nothing, little girl, until you finally are... I, it, it just seemed he was playing a part right from the beginning, and if it meant screwing this girl, it meant screwing this girl, but he tried not to because he didn't want to fall in love. And I don't think necessarily he was in love as much as everybody makes her makes this love affair out to be. Okay, she, her maybe, her maybe, sure, she thought she was pissed enough to put three arrows in him and not kill him. Look at the guy she has That's around her, love. too. Look at the guy she has around her, too. There's not much to choose from from the Wildland community. Right? Crazy people-eating fens that are like, want to taste her little ginger mint. Ginger mint, yeah, we don't want any of that. So, uh, Ren Renwood says, Thorn fought on the side of the Targaryens during Robert's Rebellion, a defender of King's Landing. After it sacked, he was given the choice by Lord Tywin Lannister between death or taking the black. So that's how Thorn got there. So that makes so sense. He's been, there for, he's been there for almost 20 years. Um, he's been there for for since the since the rebellion. Um, that's exactly why he is so gung ho black, and why he feels like he should be the next Lord and Commander, and why he's in control and in charge. Uh, so every claim to it, but you know they vote and they'll have a vote eventually. For yeah, and we'll, see, and we'll see who uh, who who becomes the leader, uh, or if he continues to be the leader. So uh, Ray B has a couple comments. Uh, to me, Sam didn't steal anything, dude. He was sweet, but Jon Snow was the man. No doubt, Jon Snow kicked some serious ass tonight. And, oh. and Mr. Thorne kicked some serious ass, too. He can't be overlooked in this episode. And either. then, wait, Ray is absolutely right with his second comment. Actually, he said he's wrong. Ghost may have just stolen the episode. Uh. Yep. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Sit, boo-boo, sit. <laughs> dog. And I think this might be our last question of the night, our last comment. Roach Clit says, laughing my ass off, I officially love you guys. I didn't mean any offense. I wish I started watching you guys before the second to last episode. But dude, no offense with a name like Roach Clit. We're not kidding. We love that. That's not us joking around. That's like seriously the best name ever. I love that. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, so everybody, I just want to say, take a moment to thank you. Uh, oh wait, we got a couple more. A couple more questions. I'm sorry. Also, sorry for the comment. Oh, we have Roach Clip stuck in here a couple of times. Oh, we got a few more Roach Clits. My last name is Roach. I added Clit. No, no clue what my picture is. Laughing my ass off. Uh, really enjoyed the show. Wish I saw it since season one. Thank you. We've just started doing it since this season. We might go back and do other seasons. Oh, and giant shooting arrows. That was worse than sharks with lasers. Thank you, Adrian Moloch. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was. It was kind of comical. It was definitely the comic relief moment, with the exception of maybe uh, Jonas Lind cowering in the corner with Gilly and the little baby. 
Lens Eagle says, okay, guys, time to wrap this up so I can watch it from the beginning, please. Thank you, okay? No, no with us. Um, uh, Lance Eagle also says, why did all the arrows have to be lit when shooting them from the wildlings at the top of the wall? I guess you could see them better. Uh, Stephanie, my friend's uh, girl Stephanie said the same thing, why they light the arrows when it's easier for people to dodge. And I, I honestly say, I, I, I can't think of a reason, I can't say... It's, it's, so you know where your arrows are landing, you know if you need to lift your, your arch, you know if you need to pull back further. So you know where you're shooting. You, otherwise, it's middle of the night, and it's a small, thin piece of black wood that you can't see fly 700 feet down and you know 500 feet out. So if you put the light on it, you at least know where you're aiming and what you're targeting, and if you're being effective at all. And uh, Roachclit says, also, sorry for commenting so, commenting so much. Roachclit, there's no such thing as commenting too much. We, we highly, there's no such thing. Comment like a Please billion times. Share it with your friends. Have them come and comment, too. We want as much as possible. We'd love to hear from everybody their thoughts and opinions about the show. Please. Yeah, he says that next week's episode will be 66 minutes long, so I'm excited for some extra time in the episode. Oh, finally. Yep, and uh, our last comment of the night. Of anarchy treatment. <laughs> yeah, and our last comment of the night. Adrian Melon says, "And uh, Gren taking down the giant at the gate has to be the most heroic death of the season." Happy, sad face. Yes, no one likes watching giants die. I even got sad in Mickey and the Beanstalk when the big jolly giant with the big red nose fell off. The spoiler alert: uh, Mickey wins in the end there. So uh, sorry about that, everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah, sorry about that. Thank you so much for checking out the post-episode issues. Please subscribe, comment away if you haven't listened to this. Ep- if you this is your first time here, if you've made it this far and leading into next week, please leave, a, leave us a voicemail uh, at 781-990-8509 if you want us to play a voicemail on next week's show and uh, your thoughts of this season as a whole and what you thought. You can join that, and please use the comment section below and tell us what you thought of this episode and anything we had to say. Guys, Yep, thank you very much. And also check out issuesprogram.com this week. We're going to have a, a slideshow from some of the cosplay that we saw that Joe put together from uh, from the uh, Pop Culture Expo. And uh, and this coming weekend, we're going to be at a Walker Stalker Con doing some Walking Dead stuff, so that should be fun as well. So uh, we will talk to you guys next week for the season finale. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's the season finale already. I'm already missing the show. I'm already sad about the end of the show. A whole year. A whole year. We have to wait. We have to wait. It's ridiculous. But everyone, have a good night. We will talk to you next week. Later.